Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This week in League, the effectiveness of prayer circles questioned as God trolls Penrith with a fuck-off-sized storm on the eve of the grand final rematch. West Tigers under investigation for sex trafficking after a young Dane Laurie is shipped to Campbelltown and repeatedly fucked. For the first time in NRL history, a banner looks certain to be a club's best defensive player. Plus, we look ahead to all the action for round three of the 2021 NRL season. All that more this week in League. Welcome to episode 384 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. And I am a potato clapper. (laughs) Named Glenn. uh, (laughs) It's funny, I had to edit a bit last week when when, when we did that, you know, the I'm Nate, etc. I was like, just out of habit, like after he said, I'm Jay... I've just I've, I could I could hear I, just I, I started to speak because I was yeah because this wasn't used to it. I was like oh no that's right you've got to fucking you've got to wait for the other one there's there's three now the other how one we doing, boys how the fuck do Mormons do it well, ding dong well, I, I imagine it's a, it's a feature of their magic underwear mm. what that's how they keep all of their multiple fucking partners in check yeah fucking <laughs> Oh no, you've seen you've seen, you've seen that show that there's like a there's a reality show. You know, it's probably not on anymore. But I mean, I remember years ago, probably a decade ago. And this this guy, uh, you know, there's like a Mormon family, and and this guy just kept marrying more of them. And he they had he had like a house and a cul-de-sac, and he just put them in the next house and then another house. And it was like the whole end of the street was just different houses with the, the wives and the kids of that wife. Oof. And and this guy's just free to fucking rotate around. You know, he crashed wherever he, he had like five or six houses on the end of a cul-de-sac and in the back of fucking Utah. And the thing is, all these houses, I mean, this guy was like a, a, a construction guy or something, but fuck me. I mean, he must have been doing some construction because all these houses were, were enormous fucking mansions. And um, yeah, five of them. Yeah, wow. Or maybe four. So uh, anyway, Jesus. that's enough about this week this, in Mormonism. This week in religion. <laughs> 21 fuck street. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay, uh, let's let's look at some news, shall we? And uh, the first one we had our our mate Jared Hayne. He has been, in my opinion, surprisingly, not because he didn't do it, but because just the way the system works. And and for regular listeners, let's just delve a little bit into that uh, on yeah. our on our digital members episodes. We are uh, lucky enough to have a, a couple of the boys in blue who explained uh, a lot of this stuff to us when it was going on. Uh, and one of the mm-hmm. things they mentioned was how tough it is to get things done uh, on a retrial. Yes. Uh, one one of the main factors being that actual testimony from live people 
isn't there for the jury. It's all uh, playing of pre-recorded testimony. So yeah, they'll, they'll, can, they'll play the recorded testimony from the it. previous trial, and, uh, and and that and that kind of prevents the the members of the new jury from forming that kind of bond with the uh, with the victim. Yep. And so it's so it's highly unlikely. And even even like the morning before the verdict came down. Uh, one of our one of our this week in Popo guys was actually you know sent me a message and said it's come back today it's going to be hung again and so surprise suffice to say was pretty surprised a couple of yeah. hours later when it came back and they actually nailed him so that's it um, so he's staring down the barrel of a, of a actual jail time I mean I, I think the uh, I think the the judge in, in question said that it was that, that it was it was inevitable that there was there was one hundred percent going to be jail time. Hmm. To, yeah, yeah, a custodial sentence was inevitable, uh, Judge Helen Syme told the court. And so in early May, he's going to face a sentencing hearing. And uh, he was found guilty of sexually assaulting the woman when he performed oral and digital sex on her at a Newcastle home on, New, on NRL grand final night in September 2018. Uh, they accepted the woman's evidence that she refused to consent to the sexual acts after she discovered Hayne had a taxi waiting outside to take him back to Sydney. Fuck, I'll tell you what. September's not a good month for planes. No, no. <laughs> There's a couple of them been grounded. <laughs> and uh Yeah, yeah. So uh and then did you see did you guys see the, the 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 transcripts of the phone conversations? Like she had made the complaint to the police and then the NRL were investigating it before Hayne got wind of it and then he gets wind of it. And so he's like, oh, and but this stage, so he's ringing, he's talking to friends about it on the phone, but she's already complained to the police about it, you know, days or if not weeks earlier. So they're already tapping his shit. Yeah, and wow. So, and so he's on the phone to guys like Mitchell Pierce going, oh, is you know, this fucking psycho and, you know, and all this sort of stuff. And, um, oh, yeah, as I look at it, there's a, there's Snapchat messages now that have come to light today. Jesus. Wow. Yeah, so he's he, so he he hasn't. Um, well, yeah, true colors come out. I mean, like let's let's not you know worry about the guilt or innocence of other criminal situations. Mm-hmm. However, <clears throat> there was that there was that allegation in the in the states that he that he left over there from his time in the that's it in attempts to to get into the NFL. Yep, and uh, yeah, and yeah. So uh, so you know now he can go to his new house. And uh, they can reclaim the mortgage, or the deeds, and uh, out there at Campbelltown. And uh, he's got a new house now. It's the big house. <laughs> and uh, Tiger, Tigers probably aren't winning any games there either. <laughs> well, no, no. And uh, the only thing I, I wanted good. to say is, you know, he's obviously been been found guilty, um, and the, the jury's taken the evidence, and the judge has taken the evidence any consideration, but outside of the legal process, he should go to jail for being a piece of shit in the fact that, consensual or not, he's still hooked up with another woman while his partner is heavily pregnant at home, which is, that that's fucking ordinary in anyone's language, in my opinion. And, you know, I just think that the, I think he's, the fact that his profile isn't what it was, has probably gone some way towards this, like you said, surprisingly, he's been found guilty. I think if his profile was still two-time Daly M winner um, or he was at the, the height of his um, career, 
I wouldn't have been surprised to have seen a different result, to be quite honest. I hear what you're saying. I would hope that wouldn't be the case, though. Yeah, my hope is that it's not so much his lack of profile that's that's brought this to to where it is, but more a changing social attitude towards mm. the issue. Where where previously there's been a fair bit, and fuck me, still is, but there's even within the legal system has been a little bit of that. Oh, well, boys would be boys, and mm. you know. You you invited him round, love. What you expect, you know, mm. and uh, and you know there there was no pain. So really, you know, really was it? And and I I think now the you know and the shit going on in fucking governments and other businesses and all all of this stuff that now it's like well, well yeah no none of it's okay mm. and. It may be that a decent-sized scalp brings everyone, you know, further into focus, or bring, bring sorry brings everyone's views on it further into focus. So um, fair. My my comment on this has been always, you know, e- even with the NRL players, the fucking redemption shit. Mm. Now there needs to be a path back. You know. Um, I, I don't believe that anyone, especially those that have been in prison, should be denied on getting out and living a life. I'm glad that Jared Haynes probably too old to get any sort of redemption within the game. Yep. Um, but for those sick fucks that do, like, you know, Fergo and, and others, mm-hmm. um, there's no professional sport redemption story for the victims. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You know, so... Um, I'll, I'll echo what I've always said. I would really like for the game to have, as something it focuses on, a fund or, or something it does, not to say that they're terrible, but to say that they accept that this is a problem in society and they accept that as a part of society, they are going to have a proportionate number of the people associated with them as offenders. Yeah. And so here we've got this and this is a victim fund. And so then instead of... Uh, you know, paying hush money to people that are bashed allegedly in fucking stairwells by people who allegedly um, have a fondness for head fashion. For shilling beanies. Head warmth fashion merchants. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, there, there can actually be some uh, some good done, done for victims. So anyway, we live in hope. Yeah. Yep. So he's looking at a maximum of fourteen years. I do, I do think that the uh, yeah he'll probably get on whatever the lower edge of that is. Uh, I'm sure that if he is financially able to, and I'd, I'd imagine he would be, he he would be you know looking to seek a, a you know an appeal. But yeah, he's almost beyond that point though because he re- at this at this point to get an appeal. Yeah, yeah. has to find find errors in the you know in in the way That's the case, in, in the way the last case, uh, trial was handled and things That's like it. that, which is not necessarily the case. Yep. Um, more bad behaviour. Bronson Jerry handed a four year ban for failing a drugs test. Now he was uh, 
his his actions were were described as at best grossly negligent. So back in November, and we were still actually on the air last year when this happened due to the delayed and, and lengthy season mm. uh, due to COVID. But uh, he was derailed when he returned a positive test back then. Uh, it was found to contain various performance enhancing substances, including testosterone. <clears throat> uh, he will now be taken off the Sharks playing roster. And uh, he was provisionally suspended in uh, May last year and has not played at all since. His suspension will be backdated to the day his A sample was taken, meaning he will not be able to run onto an NRL field again until the 2024 season. They found he intentionally took testosterone in late 2019, knowing the substance was either banned or that there was a serious risk that it was banned. They also found that his actions were on his own evidence at best grossly negligent. And the sanction imposed is the presumptive four-year ban for use of serious performance-enhancing substances. Uh, other than testosterone, three other substances prohibited by the World Anti-Doping Agency and the NRL's anti-doping policy were found in his system. Jesus. So, Fuck look, him. I guess the, the, I guess for him, the bright side is he's only 20. Mm. So plenty of years left if he's good enough to, to make a return to the game. Yep. However, I'm glad that someone actually got a proper fucking suspension from doping, to be honest. So we have you- had we have had the Shandor Earl example. Yeah, but it was all part of that murky, you know, shark situation as well. And it was like, you know, they, they sort of came to a deal and he didn't, and that was like the difference, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. But as a test case, with with his position, do you think he comes back into the game? Like is is he at a higher level caliber of player than Shandy Earl, who probably I don't particularly think Shandy Earl is amazing. No, yeah, and, and Shandy had long, and, and he did, and he did make his re-entrance into the game. Mm-hmm. You know, playing for the Storm. So. That's it, and and he had more years in the league before being done. Yeah, yeah, um, than than Bronson, but Tim Tim Simona had a path back. Betting on games, uh, yeah, but I don't know if he's. I don't know if he, I don't know if his path back is fully back. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a difference to being allowed to play Reggie's. He's taking yeah. the path of least resistance back to Manly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, look, yeah, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bet against the uh, get a bet, bet against the lad. <laughs> Pardon the pun. I mean, if he's if he's prepared to take a punt, then I'll back him to the hilt. And I and I and I think that he's uh you know he's definitely got the form to 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 storm home and uh, first past the post is a big winner. Can I just point that out? That that's probably the most damning evidence of just what a fucking terrible defender David Nofaluma is. <laughs> right when that club. <laughs> has a systemic history of players letting in tries on purpose for financial gain <laughs> and no one's ever no. even thought to accuse Noffer of that. Noffer's as pure as a driven snow. He does it for nothing. <laughs> and and it's, it's crazy when, when we're talking about the same club and the same club also had, let's not forget... <laughs> Blake Ashford as well, yeah. <laughs> doing the same thing. <laughs> so uh, poor old oh, Simona yeah. was just a patsy. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, going down for the real kingpin. Um, the the worrying thing about it was that that don't ask, don't tell culture. 
Because the thing that sticks in my mind from when it first came out was that everyone knew. The comments mm-hmm. coming around were that, well, everyone knew. Like there was a story about how he went went away one summer weighing a certain amount and then came back after a preseason like yeah. 15 kegs heavier and Look, we've all done that. And- or not so. shredded. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've had some solid pre-seasons in my time. <laughs> but, but that that thing of all, and, and I know, you know, you don't want to instigate a, a dobbing culture or that, but especially in sport with, with performance-enhancing drugs, the fact that everyone knew, in inverted commas, is, is very concerning to me. Uh, that that there isn't a culture of like the club first of all going hey this isn't okay yeah you know so um, I I don't know if there shouldn't be penalties for a club regardless of how it happens I'd fucking love to see that if the NRL put in and said if a player of yours is caught on peds you will have this financial penalty imposed on you regardless if they return a positive sample it's on your head. How fucking hard would clubs work then mm. to educate players on it not yeah, being I mean, okay? Like they could they could educate them, and and you know, as fifteen clubs do, you know, and you know, with the exception of Cronulla, I guess, you know, the clubs can <laughs> not run a systematic a systemic doping program within the club. But outside, like if they if if it's if Mad Monday and then player fucks off to Thailand or whatever, yeah. and, and and gets on the juice for for a month, yep, and then comes back. They might sure they might not they might not um, pass the like the eye test or whatever when they see him when they rock up to preseason training on the first day they go, oh fuck you know he bulked up but really what are they gonna do outside of te- you know they they run their own testing I'm not saying they should run their own testing I'm just saying that if there was a an incentive for them to not have players that play for them caught doping yeah and maybe the only way out of those penalties is if they self-report the player yeah because that's the other thing what do they do do they do they you know because then then it gives the club the you know temptation to further their own best interests Mm. where they could self-report and deal with the media scrutiny and all that sort of thing as they run through the process and get banned for four years or they could stand the player down for Internal discipline, yeah, whatever. That's until it. the you know until and, until they're not going to piss hot, mm-hmm. and then you know they're not getting four years, and they might be like you know three yeah. months or something. But you know, so it, it would at least stop this culture of Bronson's doing it privately, and everyone knows. Mm. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, yeah. Okay. There's also some onus on the, you know, if not the the club and the administration and the board within the club, and, and certainly the coaching staff. What about the senior players? You know, this is a young, yeah. young guy that's come through. You know, he looks up to those senior players in the in the playing group. Like, you know, um, well, have have you not seen the gifts on the internet? The senior players in that group sit behind a desk with a suit and tie on, <laughs> squirting syringes in the air. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk about players not being role models, and they, okay, you know, that's <clears throat> yeah, that that is that is is or isn't what it is. However, when you're looking up to a senior player, one of the senior players in the history of your club, yeah. who has served time for juicing, 
Well, yeah. couldn't even take him under his wing to show him how to get away with it. Like, just like he's completely club. been left hung out to dry. Like in that club, you walk into their fucking medical room, and Brian Brown's in the back singing Kokomo. There's that many fucking cocktails going on. <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah, what a shame. But, yeah, fucking make your bed. You report you, sir. That's it. Any other news stories that you guys want to talk about? I saw one that uh, that just came up recently saying that the Storm are looking to hit back and try and retain Craig Bellamy. Now, it sort of it sort of felt like that it was he was going to come over to the Broncos in like maybe a director sort of role and sit over the top of Kevy and... Mm-hmm. You know, try and rebuild the, the you know the sinking vessel. <laughs> However, um, then then we saw the next thing that came out was that the you know the Sharks wanted Bellamy, mm-hmm. and there was a chance that they'd get him in there as coaching. And um, now the Storm have tabled a deal that is one year of coaching, and then five further years in whatever role he wants. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> seems fairly so, open ended. So the Bronco, the Broncos have apparently offered him a ten year deal which is obviously fairly attractive. But at the end of this six-year deal that the Storm are proposing, he'll be, uh, he'll be 69. So, um... Nice. Nice, exactly. <laughs> it's a nice deal. <laughs> but yeah, so it's our head coach for 2022 and a consultancy, consultancy, consultancy role for the next five years. And uh, apparently they, they, they feel you know, confident that after uh, throwing this one at him, they can get him to finish his career has, with the Storm. Has anybody looked into you? Because you know how we have caps now for football departments? Yeah. Yep. At how that actually works, where let's say you have an organization like the Broncos, and I'm only using them as an example because of their structure. Yep. Where Bellamy could be employed by an entity yes. within the Broncos, one that doesn't have the NRL license or run the NRL club. Yep. And could be paid feasibly whatever. But then he has a consulting gig. And just as you mentioned there to Melbourne, it would be a consulting option. So he has a consulting gig to the rugby league club that that manages the football team. And that consulting gig is worth 80 grand a year to him. Yeah. Is that 80 grand a year? It's worth whatever it takes to keep him underneath the football department. Exactly. Is that that possible? Or would they say that... Or would they say that your full wage, uh, you know, from all other consulting needs to be taken into into account? I don't believe that that's the case because mm. I think that, you know, that would affect your people like, for example, Matty Johns, who does half coaching at mm. clubs, has his TV show deals and everything like that. And that's a similar situation you're talking about. I mean, let's say his primary employer is uh, is Fox. Yep. And then he's getting paid an X amount of money, and I mean, I'm not, and like I'm not. Yeah, but in this that, instance, that, his his primary employer doesn't have anything to do with the club, whereas with the yeah, Broncos, one it would. Yeah, but with the Broncos, I mean, why why wouldn't there just be? You know, why couldn't someone like a thoroughbred, a thoroughbred's yeah. corporation, employ him to be like a motivational you know, like a coach, motiv- motivation yeah. you know, or business development because people want to fucking shake hands with Craig Bellamy you know, yeah. you know, and so- while he's signing deals, something like that. That's it. And 
and and while it's you know not related to to rugby league or whatever, I mean, I don't know how you can police that. I mean, it's not like a there's uh, restrictions in the mm. same way that there's third party things and yeah. there needs to be arms length That's and all it. this sort of thing. I just think that it's just you just get away with it. How demasculating the, the for Kevy Walters though? Like he's only just taken the gig on, and they're already looking for contingency plans to uh, to prop him up. You know, with with a Bellamy. Well, you know they they wouldn't they wouldn't suggest it to be propping up. They'd be suggesting it to be uh, you know a, a winning team, yeah. you know, a proven team where he, he was training under Bellamy in the past, and this is an opportunity so that he can concentrate on the day to day coaching of the side whilst Bellamy Nathan, comes in Nathan, with the, you know, the, the Gus Gould mandate to, to restructure the football operations. I've spent some that's, it, that's yeah. the way I've they spent some it. time in senior management, so I can spin some shit to incompetent cunts. Don't get me wrong, I know what you're saying, yes. <laughs> but I just think. Kevy, as a professional rugby league coach, I don't know if you could cop that. From from a Bellamy perspective, surely the Storm deal, if only for the the lack of upheaval required uh, for a man of his tender years, yeah. um, to take you know take a, a fairly sizable handshake into into retirement, he'll be pushing seventy. You can't you know you can't go on forever. And, mm. and and I would imagine if they they want him to stay there for for that six years, you know, I I, I would imagine that number is going to be fairly sizable. So I, it, I I don't think it would be hard to sell it to Kevy, especially when there has been the the Gus Gould mm. example. Um, the the fact that Kevy would would see that as Bellamy being brought in to do things like shore up the junior development, make sure that, you know, Mal down at the Titans isn't isn't poaching anyone mm. that that should be a Broncos kid. Like, that's not a hard sell to Kevy. What I think will make the difference is what Bellamy actually wants. And typically, typically, within individuals, the older you get, the more you seek familiarity. Yeah. You know, there was talk a little while ago that, that Bellamy was looking at going to a Queensland-based club because that's where his child and his grandchild were, mm-hmm. which I believe turned out to be not accurate. Do I remember I that? Yeah, yeah I there, there was something that kiboshed that. But I would suggest this comes down to Craig Bellamy having anything in him that is an inkling to achieve elsewhere. And I think the older you get, the less that matters. Mm. And it is more around familiarity, um, being comfortable in what you're doing. Obviously, you have that need to be challenged, that that sort of personality type always does. But I'm not sure going to a brand new city, brand new club and learning everything from the ground up is the way to do it. And also, if you're Bellamy, would you turn up somewhere... After being at the Storm, where out of all the clubs in the NRL, they seem to have an amazing grasp on our board and our back office. They run the business. The football is left to the football department. Mm. Do you think the Broncos board's going to behave like that? Knowing who's on it? Uh, No. I would tend to think not. Yeah. Yeah. So... I'm, I, I don't know how it's an attractive proposition for Bellamy. Outside of money. Yeah. Outside of money. That's it. 
Yeah, exactly. Because and, and yeah, it just comes down to whether you know, like, does he need does does he need to? Is he driven by by the the thought of of solving a big challenge in his final position? Yeah, that's in, it. You know, in the game. Yeah, I think he's. I think I think he could equally find a, as an as rewarding challenge, if not more rewarding challenge, in unearthing his successor and guiding them through to the next era of the Melbourne Storm, whilst maintaining the same high level of success at the club. That's it. You know, yeah. Because let's face it, I mean, as far as you know, personal achievements and accolades for himself, what really does he need? I mean, he's won. He's won enough premierships. He's taken the storm to the mountaintop, yep. and then through the through the retirements of uh, all the players that got them there, mm. and he's yeah, you know, he's got them you know firing, you know, pretty well so far. You mm-hmm. know, this early stage of the season, so it looks like he's uh, on his way to tr- guiding them through the 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 final portion of the biggest transition they've ever had to undertake. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, that's it. One more year of coaching, and then five years of. Whatever the fuck he wants down there. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Any other news stories you want to talk about? Oh, there's nothing else I remember. The only one I want to quickly touch on was um, the fucking farce that is the Dally M. Did we see Take this shit? through it. Are you talking about in terms of the, 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 the votes from the Tigers game the other day? The votes from the Tigers game, I mean, there seems to be this trend now of having to find a player on the losing team, someone having to find a player on the losing team to give some votes to. Yeah. Now, I, I don't disagree that that sometimes, and and perhaps more often than not, a player on a losing team is, is one of the more uh, effective players on the field. Mm-hmm. However, a couple of times it's happened. One was a Broncos game and the other one was a Tigers game. Complete fucking blowouts. Mm. Yes. And so much so that one of the judges, I believe it was uh, Mr. Funny Man himself, Sam Thiodeh, thought that the fullback of a team that got pumped by more than 40 was more deserving of a Dally M point than the half on the other team that had 47 try assists. Yes. You know, albeit a couple of those were finished off by, by some other people's brilliance and he was lucky to get them, but um, it, is it now just becoming just another way to give, to A, create debate and anger and generate more clicks on news stories? Is that where the Dallyams are? I don't think the people that put the votes in, in, uh, in, in that fashion, I don't think they're trying to fire up clicks. You know, them personally themselves. I just think that they they are it, look. It's the same as judging in every single sport, and yeah, you know, it's a subjective thing. And when there's not enough guidelines around the judging, well, you know what? Even when even when there are guidelines around the judging, the fact that the subjective nature of it means that there's always some sort of internal inherent biases that mm-hmm. means judges are never going to get it. One hundred percent right. Yep. But, but I mean, that game was such a that that game was the one that blew up because it was like such a black and white case of ridiculousness. When of course Teddy's going to get three points. Of yep. course you're going to you're going to throw throw some to Bemos because he's got a fuck ton of tries as well. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you could work your way down the line for the Roosters side. Yeah. 
and sure, you have to have Kiri in there, but I mean, you, there's still probably another three or four roosters that you could have selected. And the fucking roosters, Waterboy did more than Dane Laura did that. If match. there was, if if there's yeah. anyone, and, just, and, yeah. and I'm a, you know, as a Tigers fan and, and a, a a Dane Laurie sympathizer, if there's if there's a human being. They call them. That's a, that. In, it's a, you've been away from the game for a while, mate. But they call them simps. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I've got so much to learn. Thank God I've got you two to educate me. I've got a long road ahead. Well, that's better than I thought. <laughs> I, I was expecting. Is that that cartoon with the yellow? Anyone that saw a West Tigers player that was within the top three players on the field in that game on Sunday afternoon should be taken into a field and have a single bullet inserted to the base of their skull at a rapid rate of knots. Do you know what I would love? If the Dallium, and I had this conversation with somebody today, how good would this be if every year the people that got Dally M votes were the Australian men's coach, the Australian women's coach, and the four respective state of origin coaches. I yeah. don't hate it. And they're, they're banned from discussing it if they have media engagements. So, you know, Mal being the, yep. the Australian coach... Uh, often appears on on Fox as a, a talking head. Mal, in your your duty as a Dally M voter, you're not allowed to discuss it. If they ask you things, you just say, "I'm not allowed to discuss that." Yep. There's plenty of things you can have an opinion on. That's it. The yeah you know, favorite or the progression of the Dally M voting is not one of those things. That's it. Pull it away from yet another fucking handhold that that cunt media organization has on the game Mm -hmm. and actually give it back to people who, and and I know there's state of origin coaches, they obviously have a massive internal love for their state. Yep. But I'll tell you what, what what they don't have that fans do is this inability to, to give credit where it's due. Yeah. You know, and, and I guarantee that, a New South Wales Origin coach would give the would give Cameron Munster three Daly M points when he deserved three Daly M points. Yeah. yeah so um, again, we live in hope. Yeah, that we do. That we do. Look, the, you know, is is it's not going to change until they just you know kind of scrap it and and try and come up with a new way of you know because at the moment it's you know. <laughs> It's a newspaper play thing, mm-hmm. a media organization play thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just the, the, I think the step one, like I, I like your idea because step, step one, without sort of naming specific who the judges would be, my step one would be to have a unified, I mean, you can have a bunker, so have a unified judging panel. Yep. So every game is reviewed yes. and judged upon. By the same same group of people, That's it. so so you're getting to so even if there are some sort of inherent biases in 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 the judging, it's consistent across every round of the competition yes. and every game of every round for the entire season. So the result you you think you're going to come out to at least the most consistent re- result, you know. Yeah. And, and I and I dare say across you know the fullness of an entire season, you're going to get the correct result. Yep. Um, doing it that way, but at the moment, I mean, if you have got like fucking. 
you know, Freddie old mate who's who's just you know, happens to be out there at the Campbelltown working for his other media job or whatever. Yeah. Okay, you can be a judge. And then you got fucking, you know, like, like Sam Thiday, like Yeah. How have yeah. they not worked it out by now though? That's the biggest question for me. Dally M's aren't a new thing. You know? It, no. Well they don't they don't no. want to. Because I think they've fucking lucked their mm. way through it for the most part. Because for for each of the years the person that won the Dally M, it was hard to dispute that they were mm, yeah. the, the premier player that season. And so they've just been in this fucking purple patch where they've had these generational talents. Like if you gave it, if you were going to give it to Jonathan Thurston or Cooper Cronk or, you know, fucking mm. whoever it was, it was hard to yeah. argue. You can pick the top four yeah. guys and if any of them won it, they pro- they're probably all deserved. Exactly. Yep. Whereas last year, the fact that Somehow, fucking Jack Whiten won it, and I'm not saying that Jack Whiten had a poor a poor season. He had a fantastic season. Yep. But it wasn't it wasn't that he was obviously yeah. the best. There was player. a guy that stood out in a team, and I'm I'm loath to give me any credit, but there was a guy that stood out in a team that won 17 fucking games in a row. Like, yeah, Jerome Luai. How has he not won it? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> James Tamau's Rob. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. James Tamau, let's not get into him. How's he going as a starting prop? Well, he's just, just easing into the season. Easing slightly, into the season. Slightly more penetration than Luke Brooks on that fucking banner. <laughs> just slightly. Okay, previews. Let's go. First game Thursday night. If you asked me a couple of days ago, was it always oh, be a big, you know, one of the big clashes of the season? Now, slightly less so after today's uh, withdrawals. But the Panthers take on the Storm at the newly at the newly crowned Blue Bet Stadium. <sighs> so, so much. I'm going to paraphrase what. Uh what Shunter put in the Facebook group. <laughs> How the fuck do we set club records for the number of games won in a row, defeat everyone in front of us in a regular season, only to fail to complete the job or or reach climax, and then name the stadium Blue, another word that starts with B? <laughs> like... Yeah, and, and and let's face it, that that's what it's going to be, right? I mean, I I, I think that the the community is just going to decide that that's the name of the stadium. Yes. So uh, Blue Ball Stadium. Although I think that's highly insensitive now, um, for us to use that vernacular uh, that has been employed countless times by men seeking to maintain a power dynamic where women felt obligated to provide them with sexual relief through guilt. <sighs> Blue Ball Stadium, cancel, cancel, can, cancel me if you can at Blue Ball Stadium is the new venue. And uh, the Panthers, the Panthers did have at the time of the team being named, there were no changes to the seventeen that started. Um, however, the concussion protocols being what they are, Nathan Cleary has been uh, removed from the game as of this afternoon. 
And uh, I tell you, isn't it lucky that the Panthers didn't just give Matt Burton to the doggies? Oh, they should have let him play. <laughs> just let him Man, play. Fucking Gronks. Fuck the Storm. Hell. They uh, lost Felice Cafusi, a.k.a. Wanda Sykes, out, through to, out due to suspension, which is always going to happen. So Eisenhuth goes in, um, start up front. And Nico Hines came in on the bench, and it looks like Nico Hines is going to be uh, playing the one because uh, Pappenhausen has also been withdrawn today. Mm. So it's kind of taken it's it's taken like that that you know that top layer of sheen off the the game as a contest for me because they are two Huge. massive outs, probably the two biggest outs that that each team could sustain, and um, so it's not going to be quite the same. Uh, However, I'd suggest Munster's probably a bigger. A bigger loss if he's out. Yeah, maybe, but I mean, it's, you know, the the hand that Pappenhausen has has played in the Storms' attack in this transitionary period. I mean, we're only talking about last week how sort of Munster yeah. hasn't been able to quite do his thing. Situation mm. with the dogs, um, etc. How do you think he handles the occasion in in such a big game? There's one or two ways. He goes out there and does what he did last year when he had to fill in. Mm. And if you remember the beginning of the season, there was there was some talk about who should get the other half spot between himself and, and Jerome. Um, but he goes out and is the consummate professional that he has proven to be in other games. Um, plays the game at a, a very fast pace with a lot of energy and, and really demands a lot from the guys around him uh, or he realises finally the gravity of his fucking decisions and he goes out there and he tries to do the world's greatest tank job like if if the dive of Jamie Lyon and the dive of Dally Cucky Evans fucked and had a baby and it was raised by Greg Luganus that would be the level of AIDS that Matt Burton would play with problem um, is the ink's dry though well you know what what does it matter if he tanks I'll tell you what if the, if the Bulldogs tried to get rid of him and he just gracefully says well, okay I'll let you out um, no I think he'll go in and, and just handle it absolutely fine um, disrupted week for Penrith so again, tips is fucking nightmare. Uh, whereas they would normally be getting set for for a grand final rematch and and really wanting to come out and and make up in as best you can because obviously regular season games do not equal grand finals and anyone that fucking tells you so is fucked in the head. <clears throat> but the entirety of their town being underwater and half their coaching staff and players being evacuated from their homes is a fair disruption. Um, so this one, you know, flip a coin, uh, and the coins come down Panthers 13 plus, put your house on it. <laughs> I think Luai, Luai stands up to, to the occasion, you know, the rematch, like, like you say, there's no premiership rings handed out in round three. So no matter who you beat. So I think he really stands up to the occasion, has a big game and, and, um, 
I think the the the, the narrative art of the game was is how they've done it for the community that uh, that's doing it tough down there, and I, I think the Panthers will win a tight one. What's the weather supposed to be like? Is it still going to be? Is it still going to be raining and everything? Oh, let me consult my fucking magic. Because because I mean, as we said the app. other day on the on the on the recap set the other day, it's um like I think that the the wet weather really pulled the storm back towards you know. Parramatta's level for that game and and I and played under dry circumstances. I'm not sure the Eels would have won it. So I wonder if the if it's going to be still wet and if it's going to impact the storm as it did again. Fine in 27. So, on Thursday at uh, at 5 p.m. I've got cloudy in 25. And isn't that just the perfect representation of what the Weather Bureau is and, and does? And uh, I'd, also, <laughs> I'd also like to note that uh, it will be a waxing gibbous moon. fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> Can you say, so what, was that a waxing what? Waxing gibbous, which is not a monkey with a smooth giny. I'm sure it's not an, it's not an, it's not an I'm sure it'll be a waxing gibbous moon if Penrith win. It's not a, and it's, it's not and it's not a week for a manscaped ad either. I mean that would have just been perfect on this waxing gibbous moon. <laughs> oh, look, I think the Panthers will probably win. Um, yeah, they've still got their best player in there in uh, in Luai, and uh, I think that they're defensively they've uh, they've done enough this year. I think that their defense is the part that won't completely suffer they might find it more difficult to put on points than they have been but uh i think they'll still get it done mm-hmm. the st george illawarra dragons take on the mighty manly sea eagles at wind stadium uh unchanged side for the dragons uh manly have got josh schuster coming into the starting side which is great and which is not so great morgan boyle joins the bench Fucking hate this guy. I hate. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, words cannot describe. <laughs> As always, who fucking knows? With the, I mean, because this one thing this week in the in the uh, the, the eighteen to twenty one slots this week, they've slotted. They've got Funa Harper and uh, and Christian Tuipolotu from uh, who hasn't made his first grade debut for the club yet, and uh, and so all of those guys. You know, there's two of them that can play fullback. They can all play wing. They can all, and, and two of them can play center. So, and one of them is a junior Kiwi center. So, hopefully, that means that as we get to, you know, as we crack down and chop the squad down to, to 19, and then we get to the game day 17, hopefully, there's a couple of those guys getting there as well. Um, look, it, even if Manly were 2 and 0 at this point of the season, it's unfortunate to say that Dragons home games. A win are like one of those games that are just the they're just you know teams have bogey games that they just never seem to win no matter how the teams are traveling at that particular time. It's just that's they just never win they just never win away to the dragons never. Mm. Same the same you know it's just it's just the way it fucking is. So yeah, so they've got no chance of winning historically speaking. Just like how the sharks, even if it's their premiership year. And Manly aren't going great. They can't beat. They just can't beat Man. Like it just, it's just a bogey team at a certain ground, and this is and this is one of ours. So, I mean, put it this way: <laughs> if they couldn't do, it, if they couldn't do a full streak, they're not going to do it with this rabble. But, uh, <laughs> but we shall see. 
it's just hard. To, it's hard yeah. to get. It's hard to get excited about the lineup when you know that you're not going to know what it is until an hour before the game. And I just, I hate the fucking, I hate the, you know, the all the action. They just throw out the twenty-one players, and all the actions in eighteen to twenty-one. You just don't know which one of them is going to slot in. I defy so, you to get excited about this lineup, no matter who takes the field, Nathan. Well, I would be super excited if I saw Tavita Funa at fullback and Morgan Harper in there instead of uh, Ruben Garrick, and then if I could also or get him in there instead of Brad Parker, and then if I could get Christian in there instead of Garrick, I'd be fucking absolutely turgid with excitement. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Dragons. I think the Dragons win this and win it well uh, at home. Uh, I think Ben Hunt will have a big game following on from his game last week. And um, for, Manly, for Manly to win, I think it all comes down to Cherry Evans. I think he's in a bit of a rut at the moment and he's going to have to stand up. And, um, yeah, he's going to have to have an outstanding game for Manly to have any chance. But I think the Dragons will win. <coughs> Braden Williami is in the number 17 for the Dragons. I Oof. mean, when, it, it, when a team really wants to lose badly enough. Williami revenge game. Oh, because he, because I mean, <laughs> do you remember? You remember when he started playing? When he uh, ended up going to Manly, I can't remember where he started, but he went some ridiculous number of games in his NRL career before he actually got over for a win. He was a legitimately cursed player. Like it was at least fifteen games, I'm sure, probably more. And uh, so it's okay. Which which uh, which hoodoo and curse is going to overcome which hoodoo and curse? Yeah, that's I mean, it. it Let's see if he drops out. I mean, if the, if the dragons know what they're doing, if Hook knows what he's doing, then he's gonna uh, he's gonna swap someone else in there in seventeen before they take the field. Mm. The Rabbitohs take on the Roosters at our Stadium Australia. Um, Jackson Paulo is out with concussion, so Josh Mansour he's back on the wing after getting dropped the week before. Oof. The Roosters. Victor Radley returns from injury onto the bench. Uh, Angus Crichton is back from suspension as well. So Hutchinson and Baker drop back to the reserves and Nat Butcher to the bench. And uh, while we're on Joseph Suwali watch, not yet. If he was... Mm, oh, I was going to say. What a game for him. What a fucking debut. <laughs> this, this, this would have been the one, but unfortunately not to be. What a shame that uh, the the Trent didn't put him on uh, just put him in the twenty one just as a just as a troll job. It would have been and fucking like, all time. Yeah, and this is like have have no intention of actually, and and this is the thing like he's gonna when the fuck are we gonna see him because the Roosters' depth is such that like there's no pathway there's no clear pathway for him absolutely to no reason for him year. to play a second or no, first class. <laughs> Unless, unless there is an absolutely cat, because it's not even like a state of origin situation. The I was Roosters just about so to say, there's not even the, rep. There's, I mean, they're going to lose Teddy, sure. Yeah. But, the, but yeah, and they're going to maybe lose Kiri. But, like, when you look at their wingers and their centers, I mean, those guys aren't going anywhere except through injury. Yeah, that's it. And then when they do go somewhere, then you've got your guys like, you know, Ikevalu and I mean, there's still like a couple mm. of drops there before they. Mm. Before they, you know, dig, dig down. So, mate, you know, look, look. Maybe if someone gets injured, maybe if like a Moz goes down, then maybe they do throw him on there just because they're like, hey, well, you know, he's 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 embraced and and surrounded by all of our other top line guys. So, what a time to bring, you know, what yeah, better time it. to bring him in? Yeah. But yeah, it, it take it'll take a lot for him to sort of win a spot and keep a spot. I'm gonna go Roosters on this one. They look unstoppable. I agree. I think the Roosters, based on the form over the opening 
couple of rounds. Um, Rabbitohs have had patches where they they look really good, but the Roosters, you hard pressed the tip against them the way they've been playing. Um, I mentioned on the first episode for the first three or four rounds, what goes a long way to winning games is the the two Fs, fitness and focus. And the Roosters at the moment look to be a cut above other teams in fitness, but especially in focus. They don't they don't have those patches like the Bunnies do, where they can go out of games. Um, they they seem to stay locked in for more of the eighty minutes than than their opponents by fair way. So yeah, I'm tipping the Roosters here uh, with with the proviso that this is the sort of game that a Latrell can just get in and bust wide open. Yeah, you know, for for South, but I do think the Roosters will win it. Yep, uh, the Raiders take on the Warriors down there at GIO in uh, in Canberra. Uh, Jared Croker returns. There you go, and so that puts uh, Seb uh, Seb Chris back into the twenty one jersey, unfortunately, and he's been fucking killing it too. So I'm sure he'll be uh, he'll be a fine signing for another club <laughs> going going forward. Uh, the Warriors. Okay, so um. They've lost uh, uh, Chanel Harris Tavita for about twelve weeks, I think. Yeah, fuck. Um, so Sean O'Sullivan makes his debut at half. Bundy Afoa comes to start in the front row. Murchie on the bench, and uh, Paul Turner and Kane Evans the reserves. Look, the Raiders. The Raiders uh, have been looking pretty, pretty good so far. I mean, they were they were given a fairly uh, staunch challenge in shithouse conditions with the the Sharkies. I mean, it was yeah. exactly the sort of stuff the Sharks like to play in, and you know they gave them all they could handle. But um, I still think Canberra is looking they're looking pretty good at this stage. I mean, they're not a, they're definitely not a finished article. No, but uh, surprised by the form of Curtis Scott as well. Mm. He's actually been great. Like great for them in the in, in the early go. I thought I thought he was on the verge of being like, you know, like a, a first grade sort of washout, like taken outside of the storm system, and just exposed in Canberra. But uh, he's you know to his credit, he's fucking killed it this year. I think this is the game where Canberra really put it together. Um, as competitive as the Warriors have been, uh, I I feel like. Hodgson is, is um, ready for one of those games where he just controls from start to finish, and um, guys like Whiten and, and um, excuse me, and and having Croker back as well, I think um, you know his his status in the club there. I think they'll take something from that, and I, I think Canberra will win well, and I think they'll um, show some pretty pretty good form. All right, uh, the Broncos take on the Doggies. Suncorp Stadium, Saturday afternoon. Unchanged side for the Broncos. Uh, doggies. Katoa returns for his second NRL game. He replaces the suspended DWZ. And uh, Corey Waddell starts in the back row for the injured uh, Raymond Fatala Mariner. Uh, Joe Stimson on the bench. Marshall King to start at hooker with Katoa on the bench. Mm. Look, I feel like you know, with their, their number one weapon, Raymond Fatala Mariner, out, yeah. Of a side that can't actually attack anyway, like even though he's their number one weapon, they're still thoroughly ineffective in attack. It's a shame. If only their coach, you know, if only they, if only they could get the attacking coach from a successful club to work with them, wouldn't their attack just fucking sing? 
Well, you'd see sparkling, sparkling rugby league. Yeah. At every at every at every juncture, it'd be they'd scintillating. Be, they'd, be, they'd be throwing on these fucking length of the field tries from their own ten, chance in their arm at every opportunity because attacking brilliance. People would be saying, "Oh, Bill kick out the fucking poor man's for Taylor Mariner." <laughs> <laughs> would they? Would they really? <laughs> This is going to be the absolute worst game any of us will see for a number of years. It is going to be yes. fucking so bad. horrible. They could have put it on Monday Night Football in 2016. Yeah, that's it. This so game, this is, is, it's so bad it could potentially mess with the cunt time continuum <laughs> and zap us all back to 2016. We can't, we can't, we can't use that can't twice. have like a continuum title two, week, two times in a row. Yeah, that's, no. That's <laughs> But let's 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 look at the implications of this game. Okay, so this is the Broncos taking on the doggies at home. Next game for the Broncos: Storm, loss, Rabbits, loss, Penrith, anal, Eels, <laughs> loss, Titans, loss, Cowboys, and that's taking us up to round nine, and then Magic Weekend Manly. So there's every opportunity for the Broncos. If they don't win this game, they could drop the next seven easily. Yeah. They're all harder than this game. Yeah. Fuck. So, yeah, with the possible exception of the Cowboys, but obviously they'll have Tamalolo back by then, and then by round ten, surely Manly will get a you know get a game or two out of out of Tommy Turbo by then. So they'll be fucking firing the best team. In the game. <laughs> so look, fucking- I think I think we should stay realistic. Um, it's feasible that the Cowboys will beat them because the Cowboys always want to get up for the Broncos. Uh, I'm not sure there's any hope that Manly beat anyone this year. I don't see Manly winning a game all season. You cunts are all fucked. Wow, it's a big statement. Not winning a game. Yeah, a not game. winning a They've game. got to play the Tigers. <laughs> That's how little I think of Manly. <laughs> oh, dear. Bane Laurie with a hat trick. <laughs> wow. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm not going to argue with it. I'm, yeah, I'm, look, I, I like it when people yeah, make make uh, you know, big declarations like that that have zero chance of coming true. Some would say this show was based and founded upon that <laughs> very premise. <laughs> oh um, no, the show, the show, the show used to be like you know we, we used to have all these things like you know the rugby league, you know rugby league Nostradamus profits, and all that sort of thing. Motherfucking profits, the profits of rugby league, yeah. profits of rugby league. Yeah. Exactly. We 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 used to get it yeah. right. I and fucked fucking, it up, but and then, you know, now we're now we're in the yeah. Well, you you started it with that Lottie Dakiri hat trick bullshit. Undefeated. Here comes I'd... fucking here come, and here comes stepdad with <laughs> with his nonsense. Oh, the undefeated, of course. Because um, I don't need to check in whether that ever actually occurred. Looking so at both of those, do teams. the Broncos get their win? Do they get their win for the first ten rounds or not? Yes, they do. Simply because in in the first couple of games, the Broncos haven't actually had too much trouble scoring points. What they've had trouble with is keeping their opponents to scoring less points than they do, mm. which I know sounds simple. Sounds like an obvious thing to fucking get good at <laughs> if you're a professional I mean, that, sports that, that was literally That was literally the Tim Sheen's West Tigers manual from like 2005 to 2011. That's it. <laughs> um, whereas the Dogs haven't been able to defend or score points. <laughs> Yeah, the problem is if the Broncos have their, their their good start that they've kind of been having this year, you know they've they've been starting fairly promisingly in games. 
Um, the dogs just don't have enough points in them to come back from any amount of that. Correct. If the if the Broncos can get maybe twelve points up, I just I don't know where the dog get, uh, the dogs to win this game have to start strong because the Broncos are absolutely the biggest capitulating folding team in the competition this year. Yep. When stuff starts going bad, you know, one try can turn into three tries very quickly. That's it. Based on that record, though, if the if the Broncos win and then, as as we discussed earlier, lose the next seven, they will mm-hmm. have won the grand sum total of one game of rugby league in a year. Yeah. Yep. And it yep. was against the Dogs. Is that really... <laughs> imagine this. This is and all we got to hang out on. And it was the Dogs that time as well. Yeah. <laughs> guys, guys, this, this is all we've got to hang out It's a no-lose situation on. for... It's it, it's a no lose situation for pundits like us because if they win this game, the only games they've won have been against the Dogs over the last mm. year. Yeah. So I, I do think yeah, no. I do think the Broncos win this game. Suncorp Stadium and, and the points I've got in and Broncos win. Yep. I be, and, and I say that with with zero confidence. I mean, it could very well go badly for them as well. Uh, the Eels take on the Sharks. The Eels side, um, Papa Lee comes in to replace Madison, who's concussed. Uh, Ray Stone to the bench, the Sharkies. Herodi drops to the reserves. Connor Tracy's promoted to the starting centre, and Wilton on the bench. Andrew Fafita still outside of the 17. Mm. Is he under an instruction to get fit? Yes. What's the situation? He's... uh... No, he's currently sitting at home watching Black Klansman trying to figure out how to deal with Hook. <laughs> Power by plenty in this game. Uh, too many points, yeah. too strong in the middle. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I think Parramatta will win the game. Um, you know, it won't be close like it was last week. It won't be goal kicking comes down to the difference. But I do think the Sharks do have that kind of ability in the side or that kind of mentality where they're they're not going to capitulate and get absolutely slaughtered. No, that's yeah. it. That that's one thing that I, I said this last week. The, the Sharks don't go into any game lacking belief. Like you can see teams that go into games at the moment. The Dogs go into games knowing they're going to get fucking raped. Mm-hmm. You know, the the Sharks still go in there thinking that they can bash anyone. Yeah, um, but yeah, you're right. I think Parramatta are too strong in this one. Oh, big game. Newcastle Knights take on the West Tigers at McDonald Jones Stadium. Newcastle side, Kurt Mann returns to the halves. And um, that's the only change there. Phoenix Crossland was suspended for a crusher, so straight one-for-one swap there. The uh, Tigers, James Roberts returns, and he uh, at the expense of BJ Lailua. Zane Musgrove comes back from suspension, uh, pushes Joel Fangawe to the bench, and Cheekham drops outside of the 17 along with uh, with Joey. Mm. Does that fix your problems, Glenn? It fixes one of the problems. I still don't know. The West Tigers <laughs> can't win this game. <laughs> there was a time once in my life where I would go into every game full of confidence and come up with plenty of reasons that I would recite back to myself as to why the Tigers could win every game they ever entered into. And that rarely happened. These days, 
I'm struggling to come up with reasons as to why I think they might actually win. The Knights at home, Brooks in some of the worst form of his career. Um, the fact that the, the Knights don't have Ponga is um, is probably something that is, is probably... <laughs> a plus. That's a plus for the Knights. Yeah. We've established that this is a plus for them. Mm. Fucking Tex Hoy. Double hat trick. Just with what's gone on, gone on over the first couple of rounds, I think that the Knights have a few players that uh, the Tigers are going to struggle struggle to contain. Um, they're playing away from home. Newcastle's tough to beat at home, regardless of the the stage of the season or, or where they're sitting on the ladder at any time. Um, I will put money on the Tigers to win, and mm. I will put money on the Tigers to win by thirteen plus, but only because I like to be a degenerate gambler that loses money. Because you like to piss money down the fucking drain. Um, if you want to, I've got a contraption that will roll up your 50 and jam it firmly up your urethra if your your pension is for burning money while you fuck yourself. What do you call that contraption? I think it Sorry. might be the episode title if you come up with the right name. <laughs> no pressure. Oh. <laughs> you didn't let me down. Uh, um, so I'm just looking here. So if I uh, go to my betting app and I multi Tex Hoy, Bradman Best, Frizzle into any time try scorers. No, don't get greedy. Make it make maybe instead of Frizzle, maybe go um, Mitch Barnett. Okay, hang on, Frizzle. Uh, Mitch Barnett. Oh, Jesus Christ, you're just stuck with Frizzle if you don't want to be greedy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a Suwaso Sue revenge game though too. <laughs> so Tex Hoy, Bradman Best, and Mitch Barnett anytime try scorers. Yep, paying twenty five fifty. Hey, that's like that's free money. You can bring down the you can bring down the betting industry with that one. There you go, boys. <laughs> oh, better than crypto. That's it. All so right, Newcastle <laughs> so by plenty. Oh, it's thirteen plus. How do you think Jimmy will go? I think yeah? Jimmy, if he uh, had any chance of getting early ball in a bit of space uh, with a ball that was passed out in front of him, that he could hit at speed. I think it would go exceptionally well. None of those things are going to happen. He's dealing with he's, de- he's dealing with Jacob Jacob Little and Luke Brooks. He's not going to get the ball in that position Correct. that you just described so uh, eloquently. There is more chance if if Zane Musgrove was uh, was going to loft an offload from the middle of the field out to James Roberts' centre position, I'd probably have more faith. But um, yeah, I I don't know. I, I I have no confidence. Zero confidence. Cowboys take on the Titans up there at the abattoir. The Cowboys uh, have uh, Kyle Felt suspended, so he's out. So uh, Murray Talungi comes in on the wing. The Titans, Ash Taylor is out with a hand injury, uh, which brings Tanner Boyd into the halves. Mm. I don't think the Cowboys have enough to get this done, uh, considering what the Titans dished up last week. 
and their easy easy motivation of wanting to be at least the number one team in Queensland, you know, before they start talking about being a dominant force in the NRL. It's a nice little um, quick goal that I'd have yeah. them on. In in a similar way that they they dealt with the Broncos, I think they're going to want to go out there and really stake their dominance in the forwards, and I expect them to do that convincingly and win the game very comfortably. I tell you, how, how many lows... Further new low watermarks can fucking Cohen Hess find yeah. in his career. Yeah, remember when he remember when he burst onto the scene? He was like, a, he was like, he was like, holy fuck, he's a guy. Yeah, this is this is a, this is a fight. The Cowboys have unearthed another gem. That's it. Now, absolutely fucking useless. Yeah, yeah. Right. He's he's like the yep. the bully that you know everyone just worked out. If you stand up to him, he goes away quietly. Is um, it, he was a force of nature when he first came in due to his size and and strength, but he's been found out, and um, I don't know that he's got an extra level in him to to get back to there to where he was. So um, on this game, I, I think yeah, um, yeah, much like Jay said, I, I think the <clears throat> excuse me, I think the Titans will be uh, too good, even with even without Ash Taylor. I think yep. um, Jamal Fogarty. Agreed. I think he defers to Ash Taylor a lot, um, and, and I think you know the opportunity for him to take a real leading hand in um, controlling the side. Um, I think that'll hold the Titans in good stead, and um, forwards will control the middle, and, and they've got a few points in them. The Titans, so I think they'll win. Okay, let's hit the mailbag for the week. First one I've got here is uh, from Jordan. And he said, on the point of why so many union boys join league, I actually have a unique bit of insight into this. My dad was an Australian schoolboys coach in union and had a few boys approached by league clubs, especially Souths. The general advice to them was to take the NRL club offer and take advantage of the training facilities as typically they're better than the stuff on offer in Super Rugby. They tell them if they want to play for the Wallabies that union will always be there for them to come back to. But it would be stupid of them not to take the opportunity offered. Mm-hmm. Makes perfect sense. So that makes that makes yep. you know total sense to me. Yep. Um, I don't have any insight into rugby union junior coaching. It's quite so big um, in a couple I of the private schools up here in Toowoomba. Um, although Toowoomba Grammar does have a lot more focus from the first fifteen all the way down through the juniors. Whereas a couple of the other schools, if you're not playing first yeah. 15, they couldn't give a fuck, which I think speaks to the lack of development, lack of facilities yeah. um, mentioned. And and certainly yeah. if you look at, you know, even some of the, the junior rugby league clubs um, and, and the, the TRL clubs in the seniors, some of the facilities even here in Toowoomba are, are, are really quite impressive um, that the, the players from juniors all the way through to the senior ranks have access to. Um, and, and you compare that to, to the mm-hmm. local rub, rugby clubs in the seniors, they're struggling to field sides. So that would sort of, there's a fair mm-hmm. bit of symmetry there from, from what he's saying. You can certainly see the, the money, which doesn't say a great deal. The money that's gone through union over the years through, you know, super rugby and, and th- certainly through the, the national team, how 
there hasn't been more done to shore up, you know, because, you know, if there's schools, some of these private schools, you, you can't play rugby league. <laughs> they don't they don't offer it as a sport. Um, so how they haven't tapped into that mm-hmm. outside of a you know a handful of certainly in Queensland a handful of schools in the state um, with some of that that sizable cash injection that's gone through the game at the highest levels over the years is is fucking mismanagement. Well, it's not really if you talk about the fact that their their entire business model depends on essentially elitism and for lack of a, a better phrase trying to keep keep the game pure from a certain socioeconomic mm. background point of view um, and will obviously make exceptions <laughs> I was, for I was about to say there's a fair few scholarships do- being doled out just here in this town for <laughs> yeah no no, no that, that's it um, but but what they do there is they bring those talented kids to their game and bring them into that sealed mm. off world inside the wall instead of taking their game to those kids in those communities. And just based on numbers, uh, it, if you have a talent pool that is based on exclusion where you can only pick from a certain... Um, institute with kids then eventually you will run out it's it's simple math so um in short fuck them they are where they deserve to be on stand the fucking west tigers of streaming services <laughs> piece of shit chapo in this old like glenfield this one is there a culture problem at the Tigers? Because every time they change coaches, the mentality of the team never changes, and it's more of the same when it comes to on-field performances. So, very articulate question, Chapo. I'm very impressed by that. Um, yes, there is a cultural problem at the Tigers, and, and for all the flack that uh, Michael Maguire has copped for um, moving Benji on, I think... This is this is the sort of thing that needs to be done to actually make some serious movements towards changing the culture, um, because I think there's also a culture amongst the the fan base that um, at large that you know because of the the lack of success you know for a decade now, um, you know, it's a part of the reason why why the team's getting a standing ovation coming off at halftime of a trial game, um, and and b the the general whenever something goes wrong, you know, like a powerful club might lose a couple of games, and the fans are like, well, okay, they'll, they'll probably you know right the ship and, and we'll be back on our way soon. Whereas the Tigers have lost a couple of games, everyone wants to burn the clubhouse down. So um, yeah, I, I I would say yes, even even if the trolling was. Uh, sorry, the question was trolling in nature. Uh, yes, I, I, I believe the culture is probably the biggest problem at the Tigers um, because it, it then trickles down to the inability to attract to attract high level players that aren't damaged goods. Um, and I think Maguire is the guy, but I also don't know whether the board are going to show the patience over the period of time required. To, to turn that around, just my that's 
How much time? Well, because this is year three, right? So yeah, look, and there's you know I, I don't necessarily buy into all of the talk about you know Ivan's roster this and you know Cleary that. I, I think that you know if you've also got to be accountable and and be able to coach coach what's in front of you and coach what you've got. Um, and part of coaching is connecting with your your playing group and. Uh, I think there's an element of that that Maguire probably needs to exhibit that he he can do it well. I don't think he's done it 100% um, well during his tenure so far at the club. But um, I think winning <laughs> winning changes the culture. Um, you know, sort of expedites that process. Um, and you know, we're in round three, and I've just gone through a. A, game, a review of the upcoming game, and I, as a fan, I've got zero confidence. So, I think we're, um, I think we're a little way from winning the amount of games required to to hit fast forward on the, on the process of cultural change. All right. So, uh, next question comes from Chewy. He said, "If a new expansion club is to enter the competition." Is it acceptable to change teams from one you've supported for 26 years asking for a friend? Yes. I can go for Yeah, it is? Yeah. Yes. I would suggest that that is one of the only times that it is acceptable to, to change teams, um, given that you are then not supporting a rival of your other mm-hmm. team. Uh, the other one would be that if you had some sort of actual moral stance against something your club's done. Uh, so, so for example, if people would have wanted to, to bounce off the Cowboys when they signed Robert Louis. Yeah, right. You know, that's the other one. Um, or the Tigers for Justin Pascoe. Yeah. You know, uh, but... That's got to happen immediately. You know, you can't jump off the Cowboys now because you weren't happy with Luai. But yes, an expansion team is especially valid to get off. Um, you will never watch the fucking Broncos stint off you, though. Stink off you, Chewy. Uh, so it, it got it, out of you too late because, uh, you know, that spoon there is on yeah, you now. It, it's, a, it's wedged firmly up your jacksy. Mm, correct. It's giving Look, you think- a it's giving you a surly lap dance for all eternity. <laughs> um, now, yeah, look, and I, I agree with you one hundred percent. I mean, we, you know, I, I saw it happen when the Broncos came into competition. Mm-hmm. There were tons of people who you know had retired or moved up to Brisbane, and they may have followed you know the Dragons or whatever, and they're like, okay, now I've got a local team. I'm gonna you know, segue over onto the local team. And, um, you know, those people are kind of weak. Uh, but it's acceptable, I think, because, you know, mm-hmm. expansion teams need fucking fan bases. Mm-hmm. they got to come from somewhere, and they're certainly not going to draw them all from, from uh, you know, brand-new people that have never experienced rugby league before. Yeah. I mean, it's like when the Titans came in. Think about it. I mean, a much more recent example, when the Titans came in, I mean, no doubt they... they, they grabbed probably a, a bunch of uh, retiree Dragons fans from down the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, probably grabbed a bunch of Warriors ones as well. But I, yep. I'd say the largest portion, they would have, you know, Gold Coast-based or Gold Coast Corridor-based Broncos fans. Yeah. 
who went to the side that was uh, closer. Yeah. What's the process? Just I mean, this is not this is not the same question, but I mean, what's the process if your club gets killed? You get you get a free slate to just pick any other team in a competition, except um, a a rival or bogey team for your old club. So, for example, if you were a Bears supporter, it is fucking gross if you support Manly. I think it's actually imperative, <laughs> basically, as as a conquered entity, and uh, you you need to prostrate yourself, oh, God. face to the fucking ground, do you bow mean, down to do you your, mean bow, prostrate, bow, <laughs> bow down your, bow down. That's what I said. You need to prostrate yourself and bow down to your new master that vanquished you, and you you must you must live as a, as a conquered entity, and. Uh, Forevermore, and so specifically, Bears fans that may have switched to, you know, the Sharks. But what about if you, if your club nah. merges, and the new mm-hmm. controlling powers don't put enough white in the jersey of your, of your newly merged entity? Well, you, well, you fucking tell me. You're still supporting them. <laughs> Fuck you. You are that person. I've never been on the more white still brigade ever. Them. And I live in Toowoomba. <laughs> Unless you're dealing with Malaysians. <laughs> so look back to the original question. Expansion team, of course, of course, it's acceptable. I mean, it's kind of a stranger situation though for Chewy though, because he, you know, without 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 uh, without you know doxing him, I mean, he lives in Victoria, so it's not like he lives in Brisbane, sick of the Broncos, wants to move out to another Brisbane team. I mean, he's in fucking Victoria here, so it's not like he's supporting his next local team either. You yeah, know what I mean? That's it. And so I don't know if that puts any any more loopholes in into the scenario I, or not. But. I don't think I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, the other thing an expansion team does give you the opportunity to do uh, is to to have your kids support a different team. Yep. Than you. Yep. <laughs> like most kids should be fucking normal. Well. You know, if they've got enough of their dad's DNA in them, that they will just naturally support. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Nate obviously with, with Killer and me with Young Arthur. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> if there was, let let's say there was a, an expansion team, and you had moved from you know your your local area yeah. when you were young, and you've moved to the area that an expansion team has come into. Yep. Okay for your kid to support that team. And okay for yep. you to encourage that support to foster a love of you know live rugby league and yeah yeah and things like that. So that's the only uh, acceptable instance for a child to not follow in their father's footsteps as well. Can I just ask you a question, Glenn? No. Who does Leo support? Uh, mate, I have to be honest with you. Leo does not give a single solitary fuck about. <laughs> Most things. <laughs> He's focused solely on being the world's angriest human. Um, and generally, <clears throat> the times in his, you know, his brother's life uh, when he was around this age, that he was spent just glued watching rugby league and rugby league highlights and all the rest of it. Leo is basically plotting the death of his brother. 
Right. And that's his that's his path in life. I'm not going to judge the kid. I don't think it's healthy. I'm also too scared to bring it up with him because I'm pretty sure I'm probably going to end up with multiple stab wounds in my sleep. Yeah, because you are at worst second on his list. At worst. At wor- yeah, I, I'm... I'm I would think me first, daylight second, yeah. if I'm honest. So have you well, not said- have you not put into him <clears throat> the greatest way to annoy his brother would be for him to support the Tigers? <laughs> That's masterstroke. It's genius. No. The thing is his his want to and he's shown plenty of evidence by way of just randomly um punching his brother in the face multiple times over the years and generally starting fights for no apparent reason other than the fact that his brother might be sitting in the wrong position in the house or something. Um, He also balances that out by idolising his brother. It's kind of this weird dynamic they've got going on. Whereas Jackson's just a a jerk to his younger brother from start to finish, no no wavering. Leo's like, one day, am I going to randomly punch you in the face? Other times, I'm going to... I'll just sit next to you and just hug you for no reason other than you're my big brother. It's... It's a reality TV show that was never made. It should have been. But Leo Leo does not... The, the closest Leo has come is just in the last couple of weeks, and it pains me to say it because Jax and I were on the couch watching footy and we are watching Panthers game, and Nathan Cleary was on the TV, and Leo obviously wanting to be a part of it, we're watching the game, you know, talking about it or whatever. Leo wants to be a part of it, comes up. He goes... I like that guy, that number seven. I like him. I was like, he's done nothing. What? He's just literally was standing there. The camera was on him. Go number seven. Go number. Oh, shut up! I don't want to have to explain this to Jay. This is. I'll never live this down. And here we are. <laughs> you will. You will live it down. Where were you born? Nepean Hospital, my friend. That's it. So a little bit. A little bit of that got nepeed into him. <laughs> Good times. It's like you know, it's like when you, it's like when you you throw a ball for the first time at a dog. It it doesn't know why it wants to chase it. Thank you, thank you for com- thank you for comparing my child to a dog. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm saying it's got instincts. <laughs> yes. Okay, next one from uh, Stephen. This is, a, I believe, a new caller to the to the show. He said, uh, "Do you guys think it would be a good idea to post some photographic proof of your success with Manscaped products? Us listeners could contribute too. Not only would it help sell the help sell the brand, posting pictures of our shaved cocks, balls, and assholes could really bring the community together. Just my two cents. <laughs> I'm down. Um, Apologies well, in advance. <laughs> I know you think you're being clever." I know you think you're being clever, but what that obviously means is you are not subscribed to our OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Aaron Ma. Oh, so you guys, oh, you, just, uh, look, yeah. I, you, you know me. I got no problem. I'm I all, feel like, I'm, yeah, well, I mean. You know, you've been in, you've been in message groups with me. <laughs> yeah, you don't the, send, you don't. Yeah, you don't tend to post your, you don't tend to post pictures of your balls and stuff like in regular. You don't show us the good times. You only show us the times when they're fucking severely lacerated. And how like, many? You know, you, you how many of those? And so, how know. many of those have I sent you <laughs> since Manscaped? Oh, well, zero. Yeah, 
So yeah. lack of picture tells a thousand words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but it, it sounds like what, you, you, what you're doing is exactly the opposite of what Stephen has suggested, though. Yes, but um, <laughs> look, do what you want, but don't get zucked in the Facebook. Remember, we are on Facebook. So yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. Tweet, tweet, tweet them to us, and we'll retweet it, and we'll get your balls out there to a, <laughs> a captive audience. But. <laughs> Aaron said, uh, regarding support for Luke Brooks, Matty Johns has actually been spotted at training helping him out. While his football's still shit, his telling of jokes that were only funny in the 1990s has improved immensely. <laughs> I think he I think he got the group sex instructions wrong also. It looks like he's the one getting fucked by 17 blokes every week. Um, interestingly enough, I, un, until he went fucking pure ma, which I love, the thing that got me there that thought, hang on, that might be a furphy, is that I do remember Matty Johns coming out and talking about how he runs his training and uh, so he can remain impartial. One thing he won't do is visit clubs. He makes all clubs fly who they want trained yeah. to his local oval right, where he lives. So he, he won't attend your training session, but he will train your halves at his local, yeah, right. Um, to and he, he does that in a bid to remain impartial. So, um, fuck! I tell you what, Tigers wouldn't be a bad move. Get him oh, some yeah. fucking help. Yeah, you know, yeah. or not. Mm. I mean, it's entertaining either way, isn't it? <laughs> That's it. One hundred and fifty fucking games in. How much help do this, you need? This show, this show needs this. This show needs fucking content just as yeah. much as anything else. So. But it, yeah. it's it's funny, and it's quite a serious point, though. Like, I'm lucky enough that I had a mentor say to me early on in my career. Um, he said, "You know, how, how many years have you, how many years experience have you got here?" And at that stage, I was like, "Oh, well, yeah, four. And he says, "No, no, no. That's how long you've been here. How many years experience? Do you have four years experience, or have you done one year four times?" Mm-hmm. And I sort of went, "Ooh." I thought about that, and I really feel as if Luke Brooks has done, you know, one season multiple times. He doesn't have multi-year experience. He's got a little bit of experience, and he hasn't grown from there. I wish he had. A- send your mate. You need to. You need to. You need to yeah, call up. Call up the the guy from your work and send him down there because I mean, you know, you can you can give him that 150 games experience if you've done you know like one game 150 times, and then <laughs> and then if, and then and then he, then he puts him in the head fuck zone, and he's like, oh, you know. Believe, achieve, fucking whatever, done, 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 and uh, <laughs> and that's the end of it. Um, that's it. Full time for episode three eighty four. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, you can interact with us in a multitude of ways to access our Facebook group and all the links you need to get to get our tremendous community podcast. Fucking links to the website, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Just Google Twill Nation link tree. It'll be a top result. Everything there you are going to need. Now, if you'd like to support the show, make sure you drop us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And uh, speaking of reviews, big week this week, my friends. We've got three, cool. three reviews. First one comes from a Disco J-Dog, and he's uh, said, I didn't know Carl Pilkington had a podcast, five stars. <laughs> and uh, the, that was the title, and, the, and the, the text of the review is, Are you a fan of rugby league? Do you like the Book of Mormon? Then, boy, have I got a show for you. <laughs> a godforsaken Falcons fan, a godforsaken Fat Britney fan, and a godforsaken Brisbane Lions fan swear about the antics of Justin Pascoe and the Players Union while furiously masturbating to their own team's fortunes. 
There used to be a QA with a lawyer, but she bailed, I assume, because most of the questions were either way too thirsty or about Star Wars movies she hadn't seen. The degenerates on social media who write in every week, hoping for their moment in the sun, are the X factor that ties it all together. Truly, this podcast is a refuge oh, of the damned. Fuck. <laughs> uh, this next one comes from Tubby1988, and uh, he's entitled it uh, Started with the Furries. Five stars. <laughs> My first episode happened to be the Furries episode. Absolute laughs were happening to get go. Stayed for the great NRL content each week from the guys and an awesome Facebook community. Awesome to see the new format with two episodes. Great stuff, guys. And uh, finally, uh, Steve Was uh, says, classic, five stars. No holes barred talked about everything rugby league. In-depth talk about everything from shaving your moose knuckle to the finer details of player positions, coaching decisions, matchups, off-field antics, games reviews, and too many to list. Great way to have a laugh and gain insight to the NRL. Listener discretion for Broncos fans. How <laughs> good. Brilliant. Outstanding. Now, memberships, they're not quite up yet. We have, we've been emailing back and forth just to nail things down. I've got some final prices on the stuff now, so now I just need to compile it uh, in amidst a very busy work week. But, uh, yeah, it's all ready to go. Um, I've, I've put the, produ- the production places on notice that, Here's the designs, and this is how many of each we're probably going to need. Mm-hmm. So we're ready to hit the hit, hit the button. I've just got to basically throw them up there. And uh, the digital, the rework of the digital membership stuff, that's going to happen at some point this week, maybe on the weekend at the latest. So it's been a bit of back and forward. We've just been trying to yeah. um, we, to make the decisions, you know, we've got that it down. We need to be made. We've got some. Uh, we're going to do it a little bit differently this year. There are going to be different tiers that you can uh, subscribe to. That will get you increasing rewards, including merch. Mm-hmm. And there is one merch item that we're going to put in there that a lot of people have been crying for a return of for mm-hmm. a very long time. So this should make a lot of you cunts very happy. Yep. And also, and, and it's not just not just merch and stuff as well. I mean, the, obviously, there's the extra content as always. Yes. And there'll be more more of that coming as well. Plus, also, you know, that, that big weekend that we have down there on Grand Final Weekend, another event to be added. Cross fingers. Yep. Provided everyone can keep their filthy little mouths away from filthy little bats. And uh, that's <coughs> it. That is all uh, we have time for this week. That's all I've got on my list. Anything else you want to add, fellas, before we uh, pull the bin? Said all I need to say. Not confident about Hashtag the Tigers. Burton for Burton. <laughs> that's it see you on Sunday see ya When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.